Welcome to Conversations. This is the day of the inquest. We finally are starting up with the inquest and it's going to be quite an exciting ride, two weeks in fact. Yeah, we're going to have a week in Sydney and then the following week it'll be a couple of days in Ballina in northern New South Wales and also a couple of days in Byron Bay and a, and a whole lot of people giving evidence. Now before we start discussing this, um, we just wanted to say that Brian Seymour is no longer with us. He has had to step away for personal reasons. So Sally Eels, we're going to refer to as Sally as opposed to Sal, which is Sally Layden. Um, so hopefully that will avoid confusion. By now you should know Sally Layden's voice very well. And uh, you guys have a lot in common, it turns out. Yes, I, uh, I have obviously worked with Alison and Sally on this podcast. I'm the writer, the person who's been writing the episodes. But also Sally and I are actually born in the same year. We both share the 12th. Yes, different so months. Our birthdays. our birthdays. Our mothers were born in the same year. They were both teachers. So there's a lot of parallels there. And you're both Sally, which is and a little bit confusing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so... It's been a long journey, uh, almost 24 years. Is it? Is it 24-year anniversary since you went away? Uh, when is that, The Sal? second day. So the second day of inquest. Of the inquest. Will, will be... be literally the day she flew out 24 years ago. Really? Mm. Oh. Yeah. So it's weird timing too. Very weird timing. It's been a long time to get here though, hasn't it? You know, I felt like we were all geared up for it last year. And then COVID just sort of threw a spanner in the works. Did mm. you find that? How did how did that extra year, how did it go for you, you know, just sort of putting that extra time in? Mm. I was just looking back through some videos, actually, and it was March. We got the confirmation that the coroner was taking it on and, you know, Crown solicitors had agreed to come on board with the, with the inquest and, you know, that we were talking. I think Brian says, you know, we'd, we'll have the inquest as soon as November last year. So the fact that we're now in June of 2021, um, it's a little insane, actually, like to think how long the journey's taken. But at the same time, um, I think it's good that we've got to this. Um, I know that it's it's easy to kind of say, oh, this should never have been necessary. But at the same time, I guess looking in a more positive light, we have got to the inquest. We are going to get some answers and it's going to be quite a ride. I mean, there are a lot of witnesses that will be appearing in Sydney and Byron and Ballina, um, and it's going to uh, bring out a lot more information, uh, and certainly um, we'll f- find out as much as we can uh, about what happened to Marion. I'm hoping that it will fill in some of those gaps, you know, some of those ones that we were sort of left scratching our heads over, and hopefully that this investigation has sort of put two and two together and come up with four, which we weren't weren't able to do. Mm. And I think, look, on the positive side, it's a very, we all know, it's long-winded, it's got lots of twists and turns. So to be fair to the Homicide Squad, I think they really needed the time to actually look into it, investigate certain things that maybe haven't been investigated previously or look deeper into things that were just investigated mildly not fully um you know so hopefully hopefully we get to it and you know um it's all laid out on the table 
and we can because I think those little tiny things are you know even as we've been progressing for the two and a half years we've been doing it just finding little things like her outgoing passenger card and incoming passenger cards to find those little bits of information is so imperative for me getting the details from Simon that he sent me of Papa's notes like they're they're important things to have and they've taken such a long time to become my possession of information so that I can actually process that um I was talking to June yesterday on the phone. She wanted to give me to give her a call, and June's in her seventies. She's one of the super sleuths, and she was ringing to tell me that um, she was very sad, but she's got a very sore knee at the minute, um, and she can't really travel. So the whole family had a meeting about how she was going to get to to Byron um, with one of the other sleuths, Kelly. Um, and um, she said, rang me and said, "Look, I'm really sorry, I won't be able to come." But she said, "You know." just thinking about it, Sal, she said, I'm so happy that you are going to an inquest. She said, I really honestly at the very beginning did not think we would get there. She said, I thought we'd our biggest goal would be getting her on the National Missing Persons list. So the fact that we've got there is quite an amazing feat. So I thought it was quite interesting just to sit back and hear that from somebody else who I've never met these girls, you know, and they're amazing humans. So, and obviously covid a couple of weeks ago, Melbourne was throwing a massive spanner in the works, so Joni had to cancel all her accommodation in Byron because they wanted upfront payment, and so she's had to rebook to come again. So good news is she's coming to Sydney and to Byron. Oh, so she's not locked out? No, because they're in regional Victoria. So um, both Kelly... So Kelly was, had cancelled there as well, so they're actually bringing their caravan up, her and her husband and their dog. So how many, how many of our sleuths are we having? So we're in Sydney, it's just Joni. Um, and then Kelly and her husband Craig are, are driving up in their caravan, so they're coming to Byron. Joni's flying home and then coming back um, up for Byron on the Sunday, um, and she's spending the week there. And then we've got Mandy and Jen uh, rooming up together. Um, so Jen's in her 70s as well. She's from Sydney. So oh, actually Jen will be at the Sydney one as well. I keep forgetting because she's moved. So I keep thinking she's only coming to Byron, but she's actually coming to Sydney as well. Um, and then we've got, so Jen and Mandy apparently are rooming together in a little Airbnb. And then we've got Sam who is in Brisbane and she's just messaged me last night and said, I'm so sorry I can't go to Sydney but because of work, but I'm I'm going to come down every day that I can. So she's just going to drive down for each day. She's your doppelganger, right? She's the doppelganger, <laughs> yes. So don't get us confused if you see us. She's got curly hair. So have you met all of these people? So I've met Mandy because Mandy was mum's assistant at TSS and I've met Sam because Sam and I did a lot of sleuthing. So we went to the Anglican Church in Brisbane and she taught me a lot of things actually. Um, it was quite interesting watching someone work in with the precise detail of what she was looking for. So I actually learnt a lot from Sam in the very early stages of looking through and investigating, doing microfish. Um, we also did, um, we were invited down to TSS in the archives department to go and have a look through there. So Sam, Mandy and I did that together as well. Um, but yeah, like June is in South Australia, haven't met her yet, but we talk a lot. Um, Joni, we talk every day pretty much still, even though I can't speak about much. It's very difficult. And if we get to a point where I can't say something, we just go, okay, we're going now. Okay, bye. And hang up the phone just because you don't want to be in that situation. And she totally recognises that. Um, I can't speak You've about certain things at the moment. You've got friends everywhere now. Yeah, well, they're like my family. 
Well, just to remind everyone, Sally has a brief of evidence, so she's read it, but she can't share it with anyone except Chris. Is that right? Chris oh, and Ella. Ella. Yeah. Mm. So very hard for you who needs that almost to be able to discuss things openly. So um, you've been doing this for about six weeks or something? It's been extremely hard. It's been very, very difficult. And um, I've had no contact with the Homicide Squad or, you know, um, and people are busy, you know, so I don't get to talk to many people at all about it. And Richard's my lawyer, but he's very busy with other cases as well and he's probably having to finish all those so he can actually come and do this for two weeks as well. So... It's difficult because he can. He obviously can talk to me about the brief as well. But um, you it's know, hard. Just to explain, Richard um, is uh, works for Channel Seven. Um, we got him in to help with this case with Sally. So absolutely juggling a lot at the moment. But he is dedicated to this. We um, discuss this with us. We also have. Um, a new barrister coming in who's going to be with Sally the two weeks, the first week in Sydney and the second week in um, Ballina slash Byron, Byron Bay. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been it's it's been quite a, a lot of work to um, get that uh, organised. But, Sally, I think you need that support. You need the legal support and your family support, right? Yeah, like I think all the support is good, you know. Um, it's not a very pleasant thing to be going through. It's such a weird... I was thinking about it before. It was such a weird thing to be going through because you tell people, "Oh, we're going. I'm going to Mum's inquest like in a couple of weeks," and people are like, "Oh my God, that's a, that's great news." And I don't know how I feel about that. Just you know what I mean? Like, it's not really great news because it's not a really good outcome for me going to an inquest. Like, and it hasn't been a good outcome the whole way along, I guess, because we've always said that you know she's either alive and well and doesn't want. To be a, us to be a part of her world, which is really heart crushing, or she's deceased, and that's devastating in itself. So there's not a lot of positives that come out of going to an inquest, except for the fact that we've been fighting to get there, and we finally have. So that's a tick, and that's positive, and that's great. But you know, you, you read people's comments, and like, oh, I'm so excited, and I can't wait, and you know, oh, it's a weird feeling for me. I don't know how I feel about that so much. Are you a bit nervous heading heading to next week? Um, I've actually been pretty calm. I've been doing a, going to the gym a lot with Darcy, my um, my middle child. So her and I have been going to the gym probably three or four times a week. I've been doing lots of walking. So this week, um, actually, I just did the walk down the bottom here at Mount Kutha yesterday. Um, it's a bit of a killer. Like the the hill is straight up, so we walk from the bottom straight up to Channel Nine. Actually, the below Channel Nine. Um, and so this week. I had a look at my watch yesterday and I'd walked 25 kilometres in the two walks that I did last week. Um, about three and a, just shy of four hours work, worth of walking. So I think that for me has been really good with my mental health. Um, Ella, who's my eldest, she's doing a very hard degree at university. Um, she's in exams, is she? Well, and this is, this is where it gets tricky, right? Because the first week of the inquest, she's got four of her five exams that week. Um, it's school holidays and I didn't want to drag my kids down to Sydney for that first week. Um, Chris will be there though. Chris is coming. So we've left Ella. Ella's 20 next month. So we've left her. She's extremely capable to look after the kids. Um, but she's got four out of five exams. She's doing aeronautical and electrical engineering and IT. So they're not easy subjects and it's been a very stressful semester for her. And I was driving her to work the other day actually and she said to me, there was a few moments there where she was, you know, losing the plot a little bit. And I 
was worried that I had put too much pressure on her leaving her with the kids for that week. And um, she said to me, you know what, I think my added stress was I was really waiting for the bomb to drop for you, that you were going to lose it and you were just going to be not coping very well with the whole concept of going to the inquest and, you know, that you were going to be very upset and worried and stressed. And she said, I think that was a lot of my underlying stress that I was waiting for that to happen and she turned around and I just love this child and she just turned around and said to me and good on you mum she said you've held your own and she said I'm so proud of you she said you have just really kept it together and she said I'm so proud of you for doing that she goes you've just made it's made my life so much easier and I just went oh thank goodness because as a parent the last thing you want to do is put pressure on your family Mm. and this is a lot of pressure on a family and it's particularly because I don't have sisters and and brothers to take on the the brunt. I don't have my dad. He's not involved with mum. Like, you know, he's he's the father of her children, but they got divorced in the 70s. So he's not involved in this. So he's not supportive and, you know, of me as... He's supportive of me, I shouldn't say that, but he's not here in the present moment helping with the kids and doing stuff for that. So I don't have any of that. So he won't come to the inquest? Will there be any other family besides you and Chris? Um... There may be a couple on the witness list, but I don't know at this point who's coming. Um, Have you heard from any of them? No. Is that because they might be gagged as well? Maybe they've been told don't discuss things, maybe? Possibly. I don't know. But um, And I don't know if we mentioned this, but you did get some photos from Deidre. Yeah, I think we talked about that in the last conversation. So she, yeah, Deidre just sent me a random parcel with photos in it. Um, which was quite scary to actually get in the post because I just I always fear about things going missing, um, you know. So there are a lot of treasures in there, um, which are good to have, you know, nice to have them. Just to remind our listeners, Deidre is Marion's sister. So one of three. One of three, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brom, Bronnie, Bronwyn and... Uh, Leapy. Leapy. You haven't heard from them at all. I haven't heard from any of them, mm. so... So you're heading into this inquest, and I know you said it's sort of like a it's kind of bittersweet. When it all happens and when it all comes to the end, what's what's the what's the best scenario and what's the worst? Um, that's a very good question. I don't really know. I don't know what the best is. I think. Let me have a think. I don't. I get asked this all the time, and I actually just come blank because I actually don't know what the best thing is. I think. Probably, I don't know, maybe the fact that I can, if the coroner gives a finding and I can, it can be proved to me that they have done a full investigation and things that I know haven't been looked at properly um, in the, the early stages or, you know, that could be re, rehashed, like Armadale, for example. Um, you know, the, the call coming in saying that she's buried in Armadale. I don't know if that's been investigated properly. In my mind, they would have sent dogs out there or, you know, gone and researched the area. So if those things can be proved to me that that has taken place and those things have been churned over and looked at properly from the homicide squad's perspective, um, I guess I, if she comes back and says we believe she's deceased, I can at least go home and know, and I've said this before, that, um, you know, I didn't want to be in a situation where in 20 years' time a bushwalker stumbles over her bones and finds her and she's identified as my mum and I have not done anything to find her. Um, 
you hear about it all the time. I mean, jaws getting washed up on beaches and it's just a heartbreaking. Every time it happens, my, my gut sinks. And I don't think that will ever stop happening, but at least I can sleep well at night going, you know what, I've done everything I possibly could have done for half my life to actually do this. And maybe I can give myself a little bit of peace. Is that what you're hoping for, a little bit of a a release, a sort of a... Because I know that you're very hard on yourself. You keep pushing yourself forward and, you know, will that bring you a little bit of an ease of pressure? I really hope so. I really hope it does because I think I've been able to balance it quite well, like I particularly with Ella's confirmation of that to me was, oh, wow, okay, that's good. I'm glad that that's coming off that way because I certainly don't want to come along stressful or, you know, there are certain little things that are probably, you know, grinding my gears a little bit than more than they normally would um, at the moment, but those things are inconsequential. They don't care. It doesn't matter what I, um, if I worry about them or not, because the next day it's probably done and dusted and finished. So I think walking, um, you know, going and doing my exercise. I've been doing yoga and, you know, um, just giving myself a little bit back because I have, haven't done that for a long time. I've, I work really hard and I've got the kids. I never really stop and just smell the roses. So I would like to be able to um, do a bit more of that. And this takes a lot of my time. Like, you've got no idea, and I can't talk about it, but I can tell you you've got no idea how many hours I have spent on this brief of evidence um, I've been to that office and I've seen all the tags. It's like you've got all these different coloured tags all the way through it and it's just kind of crazy. Mm, it's a lot of work. It's and a lot I know of work. And you know what? I can't, yeah. I can't, I cannot say to myself, we've worked so hard to get to an inquest and rock up and not be prepared. Like, who would do that? Or not, not Sally Layden. I, no. would, I wouldn't do that. No. Well, you've invested you're, so much time. Well, also, all her note-taking and everything right from the very beginning, Sally, if it wasn't for that meticulous note-taking, we wouldn't have got so much of a start on this. I mean, my understanding is a lot of the police investigation was based on our work. Probably. We can't say, so... Yeah, probably. Do you think that you're hoping for a bit of a release? Are you doing this for your brother as well? I know he can't be here, but... Do you think do you sometimes feel that he's he's there with you going, yeah, come on, we can do this? Or Owen and I were very different people, and I don't know if this is his thing. I don't know if he like he was very introverted, um, and I'm the extrovert. And probably what the flip side of that for me, not being able to talk about the brief of evidence, particularly with people like Joni, who, and the girls like who have stepped through it with me every day, I can't talk to them about things that we've been desperate to know. And I can't share anything with them. And that has been really hard for me. And to me, that's my coping mechanism. Talking about it is my coping mechanism. Owen would pull into his shell and he wouldn't talk about it. And I think seeing him deteriorate to the point where he commits suicide is because he didn't share things. He held things in. He got angry in himself and he didn't know how to, to voice his sadness, his um you know, disappointment, his um, fear of being rejected, you know, um, failing in certain things. He didn't know how to, he didn't know how to project that. And I feel like I project it the way I do because that's my coping mechanism. So, and everyone's different, right? Everyone has a different, different mean, a different realm. Um, 
you know, I'm doing what I think is the right thing to do for my mum and my brother and my dad and Chris. I mean, Chris and I, we were, we were sitting there on the bed the other night and I just said to him, our entire life are together, like other than 18 months, two years, my mum's been missing. So we've had to deal with that of getting engaged and her being there, then her all of a sudden disappearing off the face of the earth, getting married, having three kids, building houses, not being able to... Like, I had no maternity leave when I had all the kids. I had Caesars, um, Caesars for all three of them. And the only one I took any time off was Ella, which I had three months off, and then I had to go back to work. And the other two, I was working full-time when I had them because I had no one to help me. I couldn't just ring up mum and say, hey, can you have the kids for the weekend? Not in our world. doesn't happen. Still, and the minute that Ella turned 18, it was like this massive sigh of relief for Chris and I because before that, I mean, my dad's an old man. He's just had a stroke. He's not capable of looking after three kids. So for me, it was like a sigh of relief that Chris and I could have Ella, who we know is mature and sensible and smart and kind, could look after our kids if something actually happened to Chris and I because we literally have lived that life of not having that to fall back on which has been really tough. Do you know what? It's a testament, though, to the strength of both of you that you've stuck through this. That would have been hard, you know, that whole way through, and you're still really strong. Yeah, and I think probably poor old Chris, he probably sees the brunt of me more than anybody. So I can... He's like my best friend as much as he is my husband, you know, so he probably sees the the raw end of me and he sees me when I'm at my worst and my saddest and... Um, and he's always there to back me. He gets a bit angry sometimes at things that have happened that affect me to be that way, um, and that can cause me a little bit more stress. Where, but we've sort of worked that out as over this process. And I just say to him, "Don't get angry about it. I don't. You getting angry about it makes me more anxious and more stressed about it. So, it has been definitely a growing process. Um, but you know what? I've I've said this before as well. I'm not in the corner you know, rocking back and forth, not functioning. I go to work every day. I, I'm good to my kids. You know, we work hard together. Um, Chris and I work together as well. So, you know, we spend a lot of time together. Um, and I think it's a true testament to our relationship as to the fact that we can pretty much do anything together as a team, which is really good. I'm happy that he's going to be by my side. Um, I hope he keeps his cool when he sees a few people but you know um I, I just yeah he's he's cranky and angry about what I've what I've had to endure and what he has had to endure for all this time with very little support um so yeah we'll I remember it's funny you should say that and I'm not in any way in the same way as you but I said to Rob leading up to this week we're going to go to the inquest and just so you know um we're all going to be involved Sally Eels here, a, a writer, producer. She'll she'll be um, participating in a lot of the north, northern New South Wales, and then in Sydney, you'll be we've got the live stream. I'll be there with Sally in Sydney and at Byron and Ballina. Um, Channel Seven will be bringing you all the up to date news um, in the six pm news, as well as 
the podcast, which will have come out the first week after the first week of the inquest, and then we'll do another one after the second week. Um, but I said to my husband, I said, this is going to be a really tough time. And, you know, and this is not even being like Sally is. Obviously, I'm just reporting it and said I'm going to be very stressed and, you know, and everything. And he says, well, just don't take it out on us. <laughs> and <then I> just <laughs> Or me. And I, said, and I thought, yeah, I mean, that's the thing because your family do do have it but anyway but I, and so I know with Sally what you're talking about it's just a stressful situation we've worked really worse. hard yeah. like you know we've all worked really hard so but um, much worse it's much harder being the person this is your life this is our job and obviously it's become part of our life because we've been doing it for so long now for two and a half years um, but this has been your life for the last 24 years mm. yeah. I was just I think I said to you the other day I reckon we're probably the longest running active podcast in Australia because all the other podcasts either stop and they're, they're done or it's, you know, like Cold Cases Australia and they're a different story every time, whereas ours is the same ongoing story. And it was an open end. It's As much as that's great, it's very stressful for me too, you know. Like if anyone thinks for two seconds that I wanted to come on and do a podcast that had 20 episodes and tell my entire life story on it for everyone to hear not really what I wanted to do but it was the only way to tell the story because there was so much information there was no way we could have done this on you know today tonight or you know the the Sunday night program in 20 minutes you just couldn't do it so the podcast was really our only option and you know what it's brought it's brought about lots of friendships lots of meetings and lots of you know interesting stories to tell when you know, I'm an old lady and sitting there telling my grandkids about this situation. Um, you know, there's just lots lots to tell. So you've got so to take em- the good with the bad. Absolutely. So everyone stay tuned. I want to thank you, Sally and Sally. Sal and Sally, we've decided. Sally Lane is Sal. <laughs> Sally Eels is Sally. Um, and we welcome everyone to listen in as uh, and, and show their support to Sally. We're on Facebook as well um, and Twitter and uh, Instagram. So we'll keep you posted. And don't forget too, they, are, they have confirmed with the courts that we're doing live stream. Um, I'm not sure if we can put the link to that up on... I'm not quite sure. I think you actually have to apply for it. I think it. you have to register. This yeah. is why I wanted to mention it because I think the girls said you might have to register it through New South yeah. Wales Coroner's Court. And it'll be a bit limited, I'd imagine. It'll be imagine. limited, I'd yeah. say, to a lot of media, I'd suggest. Yeah. Oh, really? Poss- okay. Possibly. Okay, because I know Christina actually... So Christina's one of the girls one who... Um, I wanted to mention as well before we finish because she's over in the UK and she did all the trip with us. So she has already contacted them and they have sent her a letter saying, yes, you'll be able to. So she'll have a link so she can link on in. Um, You know, June said to me, (laughs) God bless them. So June and and Bill Clydesdale, most of you will know who they are because they comment constantly on my Facebook page and know all the answers to your questions. So I'm entirely grateful for them doing that. But um, she said to me, oh, Bill's ringing up on Tuesday because it's public holiday in South Australia today to get more data put on our um, plan so that we can actually download it because the internet will, it's going to be quite a big download. So I was just like, I'm so grateful to have all you guys in my in my world. So thanks. And he's hoping finally we get some answers. Thank you.